0: In fact, Tim's song should have been the single on their second album released in 1993, but with the mood of the day wanting heavier songs, his track wrote you off or was sidelined for a moment.
1: If you look back on the song now, it's like screamingly obvious that it should have been a single. It's mega catchy, it's melodic, it's up-tempo, all the things.
0: I'm Jane Rocker from Mushroom. This is some of my best work. Tim and his bandmates moved from Townsville very early on in the 90s to the vibrant music scene of Brisbane. Alongside bands like Screamfeeder, you had the Melnicks who were also playing the circuit and by 1996 Regurgitator had come along. Screamfeeder are touring in June this year with Adelita playing Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney and Brisbane. Tickets for screenfeeder at screamfeeder dot com Here's Tim Stewart, and some of his best work wrote you off.
1: So we were living together in Brisbane in a suburb called Milton in a road called Heesler Terrace, in this big share house with us and our girlfriends and we just seemed to be on this increasingly fast treadmill of activity which was we weren't being bossed around by anyone we were just excited and working hard and working fast and playing lots we were going to practice probably three or four times a week and learning new songs and we just had a really good dynamic within the band we could really push through a lot of songs really quickly
0: in terms of what the song is about have you ever shared that I mean in terms of how the idea came to you what it is that you were getting across in it Tim
1: Oh, it's so funny when you look at old lyrics and you're like, what the hell am I on about? You know what I mean? I was very bad back then at writing a song about something. like. So I'd, I'd really just grab a phrase and just expand from there like, you know, I'd drop a paint in the water. It just kind of goes and expands out. So really I came up with the first line, wrote you off, but I'm missing. So it's sort of about typical probably boy-girl relationship breakup and regrets and how you're feeling around all that. So when I wrote this song, I was experimenting with a lot of alternative tunings. It sort of helped me get more melody and more voice out of the guitar. And this was in a tuning I made up and I wrote a, a set of songs for, for Burn you Name actually. There's about four on there in this tuning. The opening riff's very sort of catchy and it's a couple of really good chords that go well together and the riff itself really works well. And uh, it just comes in in this really sweet way and I think as soon as you hear it, you know what song it is.
0: Looking back at the early 90s, you were a do-it-yourself band, creating music on your own terms. What happened after this particular song and this album?
1: Funny thing about this song was when we were recording, I remember very clearly Dan from the label coming to the studio and we were listening back to all the songs. I think we must have been almost finished. And we were trying to choose a first single. If you look back on the song now, it's like screamingly obvious that it should have been a single. It's mega catchy, it's melodic, it's up tempo, all the things. But the mood of the day musically was really about heaviness. And it was really the that, that sort of hangover of the grunge thing. And we had this other song, Fingers and Toes, which was um, the opening track on the album. And we were kind of looking at each other, going, which song should be the single? Should it be Wrote You Off? Should it be Fingers and Toes? and we were all just like, yeah, it should be fingers and toes because it was heavier. <laughs> you know, I had this big, fat kind of heavy riff and it was just a bit heavier sounding and it had tempo drops and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just one of those dumb things you look back on and think, my God, that so should have been a single and we, we really wish it had have been. You know, that said, it did act in a way as a bit of a single for us. So it got on the radio and people responded to it at gigs. <laughs>
0: you know i was listening to your records reminding myself because I, I remember seeing screen Fader play and i remember triple r playing your music and i guess that's how we all sort of learned about the band as well it was community radio at that time that that's really right. pushed all the underground stuff yeah, i mean sure. and still do and still do the sound doesn't to me, does not sound dated, but it takes me to that era. There's that nice indie pop element to it, I guess. But I wonder if it sort of creates a sense of nostalgia for you or that's just your sound that you've continued. It's a screen feeder, isn't it?
1: Well, honestly, we are not a band who strive to be modern or even current or anything like that. So the way I play guitar, the way way Kelly plays bass, the way we put songs together and the way we enjoy melody and use that in songs essentially hasn't really changed. So it's not like we're painting the same canvas again and again, but we are just exploring our own avenues kind of thing. And so, yeah, I mean, when I listen back to the old stuff, there's so many mixed feelings. Like, on the one hand, I'm proud because I think that's a song that hangs together. You know, it's got all the elements. It moves along okay. The the vocal phrasing's good. The singing might not be amazing, but it is what it is for the time. And then, you know, I listen to, say, for example, the recording technology side, the production, and I think, you know, in a way we were a a little restrained by this need to be heavy at the time and this need for very loud guitars very quiet vocals and things like that but it kind of doesn't matter like it's not like we went to extremes with that aesthetic and um i listened to the performance of the band and i listened to tony's drumming which was mega rock solid like he always played on a click track and got it bang on and i think for you know really young people like i was probably uh like you know 24 tony was probably under 20 at the time Uh, Kel was maybe 20 or 21 I think we did pretty good you know it's like it's nice to look back and have that record and just remember that we just went in and did it off our own back really.
0: So 1994 at the big day out what do you remember of that Tim?
1: The stage is obviously much bigger than a club stage obviously and you are really far away from your bandmates and there's this certain weird kind of like you know you feel a tiny bit isolated because you're up there and when you're on a small stage, you, you've got this like electric kind of like current running between the three of you. And on the big stage, that's a little hard to muster. But at the same time, the crowd was like gagging for it. And everyone was, you know, it was hot and exciting. And you were part of something really big. And you could tell it was like this big, exciting explosion of music that was happening. So it was, it was pretty electric still for sure.
0: What elements of this song? And the way you approached, I guess, the creation of it that you've carried forward today, if at all.
1: Even though this kind of sounds a bit boring and whatever, it's kind of like probably the discipline of it. And at that point, I was very much like, oh, I've got two hours, I'm going to sit down and write a song. You know, like, and being in the days before the internet as well, you had so much more time to do so, which was amazing. <laughs> and so really it was just the case of i've got an album coming out i need to write a bunch of songs for it they've all got to be this good like i can't have any crap songs and i'm just gonna sit down and do it and so there was no like you know waiting for the inspiration to strike or walking around the house with my hand on my chin pondering lyrics it was like i'm gonna sit down and get this thing done you know and like so to me these days even still when i've got an album on the horizon I start working really fast, and I start pumping out heaps of songs, literally right up to the night before we start the session. And that, those are my favourite periods because I get my best, I get my best material out of those little sort of almost swatting kind of last minute periods.
0: And can I ask you if it's okay to sort of step back in time and also remember Brisbane at that time musically? There's always been something coming out of Brisbane, but what was happening around you at that time?
1: So Brisbane at the time. It was very open and very free and really fertile music-wise, for sure. There was a number of different scenes uh, who would all touch each other and rub shoulders and, you know, there was the punk scene and there was this sort of little grunge-ish scene that we were a part of. And those scenes would definitely, you know, overlap here and there. There'd be gigs with bands from each scene. There'd be even, like, metal bands or bands like Pangaea who are the regurgitators guys old band and they were more of like you know I dread to say the word funk but like it had that sort of more maybe sort of chili peppers ish kind of bass led kind of vibe so and at the same time there were a lot of bands who were in the real like lo-fi indie pop shoegazy kind of twee scene almost the other lovely thing about it was that there was just so many gigs all the time and you could go out three or four nights a week, which is what you did at that age, and just see all the same friends. There was a real community, actually, and that was the lovely thing about it.
0: Wondering if you might be able to recall playing this song. I know you can't remember the first time. What it was that you observed from your crowd and, and feeding into that energy when someone's really loving your song and it's an entire theatre or you know mm. a pub full of people... How did you sort of react to that? Do you sort of feed into that and go with it? I mean, I know it's grunge and it's, you know, a bit more like you aren't jumping in into people, so to speak, but
1: that's the lovely thing about playing live, like you can totally tell every single time during the set when you hit that little sweet spot and everyone is suddenly in it together. You know, you can play like two or three songs and get warmed up and you can be feeling that it's going pretty well and then suddenly you can turn a corner and you know that everyone's just on it with you and they're all in it for the ride so for example wrote you off we played it at a gig around I don't know four months ago now in Brisbane and it was well into the set like it was over an hour into the set and we started off and the opening riff as I said is very sort of recognizable and as soon as I started playing it I knew that at the moment I looked up people would be smiling and I did and I looked up and there was these people that you know all-time fans of the band they're just smiling in the set and their eyes are open wide. I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. And then the song kicks in and I've got to actually, for the first two thirds, I've got to work pretty hard singing and playing. I don't really have too much time to step back and look. But then there's a little break in the middle where it sort of it comes down a little and retreats back to the riff kind of thing. And at that point, you know i i looked out again and i could sense um these people are hanging on to it and they're anticipating the little the vocal come in that comes next and uh it's a, just a lovely feeling it's it's a real actually it's kind of an honor to for people to be giving you that appreciation back it's it's really lovely actually we we almost it's almost like we get more back now from the audience and we want to give them more and make it a real celebration of what we've both where we both are you know
0: Tim, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Well, just to have you a guest on some of my best work, it's, it's wonderful. So thank you. Thanks so much, Jane. Screen Feeder's new single, Don't Get Me Started, is taken from their forthcoming album, Five Rooms, out May 6. Their national tour with Adelita starts in June. Tickets from screamfeeder.com. I'm Jane Rocker. Thanks for listening to some of my best work.